0: Hello everyone, my name is Kerry Jeffrey and welcome to episode one, season three of the Emotional Autoimmunity podcast. I am a counsellor, a life coach and a clinical hypnotherapist living in Melbourne, Australia and I live with four chronic autoimmune diseases. So the first one Diagnosed over twenty years ago was anti phospholipid syndrome, and luckily uh, that did not has not impacted me so far. It was important during my pregnancy at that time, but since then there haven't really been any issues with that. My first really big one was Hashimoto's, and that was over eight years ago, and that physically and cognitively disabled to me. Um, it really. Hit my life like a wrecking ball i was not able to work or function barely care for myself and the only advice i was given at that time by my then doctor was to take your pill and get used to your new normal and being disabled and in a lot of pain and not able to support myself or you know contribute to my family because I am the only wage earner for myself I don't have any other financial support so as you can imagine and I'm sure for those of you listening now who do have chronic illness then you know how life changing it is to become chronically ill and feels like you've lost your old self and not only that but it feels like you've lost the life that you had and, and all of the things that you could do, including your career. And that's exactly where I was eight years ago. So since then, uh, celiac was the next one diagnosed. And then over two years ago, another very big disease and probably the most impactful on me now is type 1 diabetes, which um, I never actually thought about happening to me even though it is an autoimmune disease and that is because unfortunately type 1 diabetes is still thought of as a juvenile diabetes or it's thought of as a disease that happens in childhood and actually um, late onset type 1 diabetes does happen to adults about 60% of the people who have type 1 diabetes were diagnosed in adulthood. Unfortunately, a lot of doctors, because they too believe the old thing that type 1 diabetes was juvenile diabetes, misdiagnose adults with type 2 diabetes, and it can often take years and ending up in hospital um, to be properly diagnosed and be given the insulin that they need so lots of things have been going on in these past eight years for me and if you're wondering why you haven't heard a new episode for a while it's because on new year's eve last year i was admitted to hospital with what turned out to be a ruptured appendix after about five days of thinking i had a stomach bug at home And I ended up with a lot of infection and um, in a pretty bad way and had um, surgery. And it has been, um, 2022 was a very difficult year for me. It really dropped my health and my energy back to a lower level than I'd had before. And pretty much all of last year was just getting the essential stuff done, getting a lot of rest, and um, trying to recover from what was a very difficult year. But that's the reality of chronic illness, right? Even if you do, you know, reach improvement, even if you do get some of your symptoms into remission, that doesn't mean that other health issues can, aren't going to happen to you. It doesn't mean that another chronic illness is going to come into your life. So I think the hallmark thing of chronic illness is that, um you never know what to expect, right? There's the certainty um, that you counted on before you became chronically ill is not available to you anymore. So I still work as a therapist. I work exclusively online and I work with my clients all around the world with my therapy coaching programs um, that are designed to give you all of the essential skills that you need in order to start creating your best possible life, health and happiness for you. And I know how to do all of these things because all of them are things that I've had to learn myself, that I've had to adapt and modify from the skills that I had before as a therapist. So today, I'm gonna talk to you about how the emotional issues of chronic illness actually affect your life because as you're no doubt aware psychosomatic and it's all in your head and mind over matter are a lot of things that are thrown at you when you become chronically ill because one of the biggest things that we we tend to get when we have chronic illness is disbelief and disbelief from family friends colleagues but most importantly the medical fraternity because their disbelief results in medical gaslighting and if that's the topic that's been um, very difficult for you i have actually done a whole podcast about medical gaslighting back in season two and you can go back and look at that but because There is kind of a bad name round now. We're thinking about the emotions that go along with chronic illness because there's still a lot of lay people and armchair psychologists who think that the reason that you're chronically ill is because you have some sort of unresolved, unconscious reason or trauma or something like that. And I can tell you it's absolutely not the case, right? While our emotions and The stress that we've been through and the lives that we've lived and all of those different sorts of things certainly contribute to the development of the physical disease, which is chronic illness. Chronic illness is created in the physical body, right? It is absolutely real. There is something wrong in autoimmune disease. It is an illness of the immune system. It is a very real physical disease. So, no, you didn't cause it through, you, through your faults or or you didn't cause it through your sins or you didn't cause it through your beliefs or your stress or your negativity or, or anything like that. It is an actual physical disease. But as I said, unfortunately, we all get hit with the psychosomatic mind over matter. It's all in your head sort of rubbish that so many people Seem to believe. And that's why I want to talk about the actual emotional impacts of chronic illness and how they do affect your physical health. Because there are very real and practical reasons why it is going to be much better for you to work on your emotional issues first. So if you're already starting to turn off, right? hear me out, okay? These are all things that I have learned myself through my experience of chronic illness, going through everything that that pretty much all of us have gone through, the lack of information, the lack of real support, no real answers out there, having to constantly advocate for yourself, having to be your own researcher, your own advocate, your own scientist. It's just... All of the stuff that you've got to do to manage your chronic illness is is exhausting, and often overwhelming. So, I want to start back kind of at the ground roots here, socially, because as I said, disbelief is one of the biggest issues that we face, and the main reason for the disbelief is that the emotions. That go with chronic illness. And I'm talking about the grief and the loss and the anxiety and the uncertainty and the guilt, all of those things are not socially approved. And what I mean by that is that we use social sanctions in all of our societies and communities to sort of try and control, you know, what's what's approved what's not approved, what's okay, what's not okay. And we all have this framework of understanding grief and loss. And what is socially approved, right, and understood by all of us in this framework of grief is that if you lose somebody that you love to death, right, that everybody understands that because everybody has gone through the experience Of losing somebody that they loved because we are human beings, we live, we're born, we die. It's a natural part of life. So the grief of loss of death is socially approved. We all understand it, it's seen as valid. When you end a relationship, everybody's been through that. We understand heartbreak, it is a legitimate grief. We all understand it, we all agree that it's important and it is socially approved. If you lose your pet, if you lose your job, if you lose something else that is very important to you that pretty much anybody can experience and will feel grief from, then it is socially approved, right? We understand it. We have a framework when you have chronic illness most people cannot wrap their minds around the fact that you can get an illness that you don't actually recover from because in our medical model it is you get sick you get better or you die right it's a temporary illness or it's a terminal illness there is nothing in between that and when you become chronically ill which often means especially in the case of autoimmune disease it is an issue that is going to affect you for the rest of your life and is often progressive people can't understand that we don't talk about chronic illness. We don't talk about people who experience chronic illness and how it impacts them and how they feel about it, except sometimes when there's a monthly awareness, right, of the disease of the month, as I like to call it, which is an attempt often to educate the public and let people know what it's like, or it's a money-raising attempt, but it doesn't Really, do anything because it's more an exception rather than the rule. People with chronic illness are expected just to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, toughen up, put your big girl panties on or whatever it is, and just deal with it. And more importantly, don't whinge about it, don't complain about it. In fact, you'll often hear a lot of people tell you I am I get why do you have to talk about it all the time I'm sick of hearing about your pain I'm sick of hearing about your illness so unlike any other grief that you will go through in your life the grief of chronic illness the emotional issues of chronic illness are not socially approved we don't have a framework for them we don't understand them and so at the time in your life where you pretty much um, most definitely need help and support and empathy and understanding for the long term you don't get it even people that do try to be understanding even people that do try to help you and support you often get what's known as empathy burnout. And this is an issue that is prevalent in any helping profession, especially my own as a therapist. And I need to have very, very good boundaries, um, be very, very clear on what is mine and what is not mine and what's my responsibility, what I can do, what I can't do when I am working with people that are going through emotional distress and pain and suffering burnout is a very real thing if you do any sort of work that involves working with other people and because we don't have that framework of you get sick and yes you might improve a bit but you're never going to really be exactly as you were, were before you became chronically ill there's there's going to be things that you're going to need to change. There's going to be things that you'll be doing differently. There'll be things you can do. There'll be things you can't do. And so people just get that empathy burnout. They get sick of hearing about it. They they feel like, well, what's wrong with you? And then what happens is they tend to blame you for not trying hard enough, for thinking that you're not doing enough to get better right, to fix yourself, to cure yourself. And so this puts us in a really difficult position because one of the emotional issues of chronic illness is it's incredibly isolating. It's really hard to meet people who understand what you're going through unless they're going through something similar themselves. And that's why The chronic illness community um our online support groups people sharing about their experiences this podcast right this is this is why these things exist this is why i'm talking to you now to normalize that experience of how it feels to be chronically ill and what the emotional challenges are so you know this is normal this is normal for chronic illness it's not that you're weak. It's not that you're lacking in some specific thing that makes other people able to deal with these things. The emotions of chronic illness are not socially approved or understood. Disbelief and medical gaslighting are absolutely rampant. It's pretty much everywhere. I I deal with clients, meet with clients and work with clients all over the world. And I have yet to find anyone in any country that has said that it medical gaslighting, disbelief, struggling to get a diagnosis has not been an issue for them or family members not believing them or being told that they're lazy or being told that they're using their illness as an excuse and this is why right chronic illness and the emotions of chronic illness the grief of that they're not socially approved they're not understood we don't understand it and we don't talk about it and that's why all these issues are there and why the emotional issues of chronic illness and how they actually affect your health is this when you become chronically ill things need to change you need to get help and support you need to get a diagnosis you need to get whatever medication or interventions or therapies are going to help you because when you have chronic illness you want to be as healthy as you can be you want to feel as good as you can feel you want to be able to do as much as you can to live as close as normal to enjoy your life right to continue to work to continue to parent to continue to be a partner to continue to achieve your goals There are a lot of things that we have to adapt to. There are a lot of very real issues, including invisible disability, including being bed bound, including losing capacity of your body to be able to do things, including becoming disabled. There are a lot of things to adapt to and change. And generally what happens when you get autoimmune disease, there is some form of brain fog, right? When the body is inflamed, the mind is inflamed, you can't think clearly, you have no motivation, you can mess up words, you can have difficulty focusing and understanding, taking in new information, and you will have very little energy. And one of the things that I found through my experience with chronic illness is the reality that the brain is the biggest user of energy in the body. So at a time when you most need to be at your most motivated, most determined, most sharp and switched on, right, at your best level of self-advocacy, being able to set boundaries, being able to be relentless in in going through all of the disbelief, all of the medical gaslighting, all of the people who are trying to point the fingers at you and tell you that you're wrong, right, this is all in your head, it's just anxiety, whatever it is, you don't have the capacity to do that. So you don't have the capacity or if you can do it, it's very difficult to do it. And if you can do it and it's difficult, eventually you will hit a wall because having to go from doctor to doctor to doctor, being constantly undermined, constantly told there's nothing wrong with you, constantly told that you need just to lose weight and exercise more or whatever it is will wear you down and most people get to the point where they give up because it's too hard and it takes too much energy and it is too exhausting. And that is the biggest issue, the biggest emotional issue of how chronic illness actually affects your physical health. Because in order to recover, like myself, for example, When I was physically and cognitively disabled and I walked out of my original doctor's office feeling like I was dying, I knew in that moment that if I was going to get better or or see how much health and ability and energy that I could get back, it was going to be up to me. Nobody else was going to do it for me. I also knew as a therapist, with my understanding of a lot of other issues I've worked with, in, including you know, body image issues, people with weight loss issues, toxic parent issues, how people use guilt and manipulation, all of those things, I understood that my emotional health had to be my priority. Because there was a lot of changes that I was going to need to make to my life and my lifestyle, all the things that I read and researched about, like diet, uh, like um, environmental toxins, about products and things that you put on your skin, um, appropriate rest and sleep. There was a whole lot of things that I knew I needed to change to see how much health I could get back and without the right mindset i wasn't going to be able to do that i also had to find a doctor who was going to be willing to work with me and partner with me in order to try and and do the things that i wanted to do to manage my disease which included going on to um, natural desiccated thyroid which is just not known here in australia you can get it it's absolutely available by prescription but so many of the general practitioners here don't know about it levothyroxine was not working for me my liver and my gut were at very low capacity like my, my liver was only working at 50 percent capacity my kidneys were working at 50 percent capacity my body was just not able to do the conversion of the levothyroxine which is which it needed right and so i kept ending up in taken to the hospital in an ambulance with severe chest pains and things like that so i knew from my experience that i really had to focus on my mental health and my mindset because unless i could do those things unless i could negotiate for myself unless i could find the discipline and the desire to make those changes and find the right compelling, positive reason to do that, my physical health was not going to improve. Nothing was going to change for me at all. And I was looking down the barrel of probably having to give up our rented property, put all of my things into storage. My youngest son would have to go and live with his father. My eldest son would have to move out. I would have to move in with my elderly father and see if I could apply for disability. And knowing that the system as I do here in Australia, um, I probably would have had very little chance of getting it. And I was looking down the barrel of life as I knew it being over. And I didn't know how I was gonna survive that. So the emotions of chronic illness Your mindset really does need to be your first priority. Not because it's all in your head, it's absolutely not. These are physical issues. This is a physical illness, right? There is something wrong in your body. But because there is so little that medicine can do for us, the things that we can do, there's a lot so much that we can do and everybody has their limit right everybody has the right to say I choose to do this I choose to go this far I choose to change this and I'm not giving up that I'm not willing to change that that's too important to me and because we're all different then different types of intervention work better for some people so for example a lot of people who want to do dietary changes and see how that works for them do absolutely fine just giving up gluten. So they change one thing about their life and they reap the rewards of that. So it makes that sacrifice worthwhile. They get improved health, symptoms go down, inflammation levels go down and they get an improvement for that. For somebody like me, a whole lot of different interventions and changes were needed and in my case it continues to be just a constant tweaking process working out what's best you know what's going to be best for me what's going to give me the best possible possible health and energy the most effective ways that i can manage um, all of the issues and the illnesses that i live with and everybody is different even though our illnesses may be the same the way they express themselves in our bodies can be very very different and there's a whole range of reasons why that is the thing is though if you just focus on your physical health and i see a lot of people do this and i did this myself when i first got ill any brain power that I could find to research Hashimoto's, to research the diseases that I had, to search online and find what things were working, um, what was helping people get their life back, what was helping them increase their energy, what was helping them reduce their symptoms, what were the commonalities. That was what I focused on at the physical level. But then I quickly understood on the basis of the work that I already do as a therapist and a coach and a clinical hypnotherapist, right, that the, my mindset had to come. And that was when I really focused down, got very clear on what I was wanted to change, what I could change, what I was willing to change, why I needed to do it, why I wanted to do it. I set myself up for success in the best possible way that I could by documenting all of my symptoms so that I would have um, something to measure my progress against. And I went through it very systematically and knowing that the belief in myself was the most important thing because in the face of so many people who don't understand chronic illness, don't understand the emotions of chronic illness, don't approve the emotions of chronic illness. When I wasn't believed, I knew the most important thing was that I believe myself. When other people didn't take me seriously, I take myself seriously. I take my illnesses seriously. I can talk about them in a very factual way. They are a reality of my life. They are very real. And chronic illness is not my fault. It's not something that I've done to myself. It's not a lack of care for myself. It's not something that I deserve. as some sort of cosmic punishment or, or anything like that. The reality is that chronic illness can happen to anybody and it does. And if you're listening to this, it happened to you. It's not your fault. You didn't create it. You don't deserve it. And you have nothing to feel guilty about because chronic illness happened to you. It is just one of those shitty cosmic car accidents. Bad things happen to good people, all of that stuff. Nobody. Is guaranteed health if you just focus on the physical so all you're doing is chasing the next doctor if you've already got your diagnosis chasing the next potential physical treatment chasing the next um, test to look into the physical because there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down depending on the kind of professional you're working with you know my naturopath is wonderful but he kept wanting me to explore more and more and more things you know we went from basic gut health to wanting to do a whole lot of different things that that i just didn't want to do you know take a whole lot of different supplements at one stage i was on about 20 different things and that was just too overwhelming i started to feel like my whole life had become medicalized i was constantly going to doctors appointments or naturopath appointments or for blood tests and every day having to take different things at different times all throughout the day and it was just becoming overwhelming and so i needed to take a break from that for my mental health and just pare it back down to what was the basic essential things that i needed right? i have recently put a pause on having any more blood tests done unless um it is absolutely necessary like unless there is something really serious going on because after multiple hospitalizations um my my veins are completely wrecked it is now very very difficult to get blood out of me and it's also quite traumatic uh, for me to do that and so regardless of how close an eye, my doctor would like to keep on, on um, my thyroid levels and um, my AB, uh, HbA1c for my type one diabetes, I've said no, because I, I know how I feel in my body. I've been at this for over eight years now. My type one diabetes is very well controlled. And one of the important things to remember, especially on the emotional side, is when you're getting opinions and um, advice and direction from your doctors or your naturopaths or anybody else you're working with, what they will say to you will sound like absolute fact. It will often sound like, They are 100% right and if you do not follow their advice then something really bad is going to happen to you and what I understand as a professional in my field having dealt with a lot of other professionals in their fields having worked in in a university and understanding higher education and going through that process that Doctors are talking about theory. They're talking about things they've learned in medical school. They're talking about things that they've found work. They're talking through their own particular lens and beliefs and their practice and their skills and their expertise. And they're talking about things that they learned that are now at least 10 to 15 years out of touch with current research and new information. It can take decades for research information and very important facts of how the body works, about what medications are effective and not effective, all of those different things, to get out into the general public, to get out into the um, the practice, When you're meeting your doctor. And a lot of doctors, as I said at the beginning, still wrongly believe that type 1 diabetes is a children's disease when the statistics and the research show it's absolutely not. And type 1 diabetes has had billions of dollars thrown into it, it is one of the most researched. And funded autoimmune diseases in the world. People with type 1 diabetes have been told for the last 40 to 50 years that a cure is just around the corner. Right? We're not getting any closer to it until all of the researchers get together and stop focusing in their little silos. On specific autoimmune diseases and start to study autoimmune disease itself like why is the immune system failing and attacking different areas of the body right different systems of the body that's the only way that a cure is going to be found for autoimmune disease because it's not my pancreas that's at fault it's not um, my thyroid that's at fault it's not my small intestine that's at fault it's my immune system that is the root issue it is my immune system so any advice you're getting from any professional and I'll include myself in that is their belief based on their experience based on their education based on their particular lens medical advice advice. You as the consumer of a medical service have the right to say no. You have the right to say no to testing, you have the right to say no to a sort of medication, you have the right to look at a type of treatment or medication that based on what you've read will be better for you. And have less side effects on your body so all of those forms of advice are just that they're advice but unfortunately a lot of that advice is going to be given in a way that scares you into thinking that if you don't do what they say that you need to do then something really bad is going to happen to you so remember that the medical business is a business and doctors are not doing it from the goodness of their heart they're doing it because they want to they're doing it because it makes them good money they're doing it for the reasons of their own and so to circle back to the reasons why i started talking about this in the first place the emotional issues of chronic illness and how they will actually affect your physical health is that if you don't prioritize your emotions, if you don't prioritize and get support to help you feel more resilient, help you prioritize what needs to happen, help you believe in yourself and the realness and the validity of your symptoms of your disease and the effects it's having on your life you are not going to be able to get through the disbelief the lack of acceptance the lack of social approval and understanding and support you are not going to be in the best possible place to make any changes that you're willing to make to see how much physical health and ability and energy that you can get back. And if you only focus on the physical side, yes, you might improve your physical health, but eventually what's going to happen is the constant stress from the anxiety and the having to keep setting boundaries and the, the hurt and the pain and the frustration of not being believed, and the loneliness of the isolation and the lack of understanding what we do know at a physical level is that stress affects the body and that stress is the most inflammatory thing to the body dealing with stress and the multitude of causes of stress when you have chronic illness is a very worthwhile thing. Because when you become chronically ill, it's kind of like you join a club that nobody wants to be in. You're not living the same life as everybody else that you know, unless they have chronic illness. You do become different. You can feel very different. You can feel very left out. You can feel left behind you can feel the sadness of watching other people achieving all of those kind of normal life goals and having those opportunities that we took for granted before we became chronically ill and the emotions of chronic illness do have a real impact on the body in terms of stress so if you only focusing on the physical i really hope that this episode today has helped you see that there is a very real and valid reason to start prioritizing your emotions right to try and get some support for what you're going through i am not the right therapist for everyone and not everybody is the right client for me so if working with me even if working with me is not something that interests you in the slightest please seek out some form of support get yourself a therapist get yourself a coach get yourself somebody in the church that does some sort of mentoring that can help you you know find someone who does understand what chronic illness is about, and even if they don't, if they're willing to listen to you, understand the grief, understand the very specific challenges, like relentless challenges you're dealing with, please go and get that support. I can tell you from my experience, if I hadn't prioritised my emotions and started dealing with them and started changing my mindset, and started really believing in myself, being able to advocate for myself, being able to withstand all of the gaslighting and, and disbelief and know you're wrong. And, you know, that is still ongoing because that's not going to go away. Right. To have that resilience, then I wouldn't be here now. Like I wouldn't still be working. I wouldn't still be living the reasonably good life. Um a pretty good life that i have now if you are interested in meeting up with me online you can book in your free discovery session with me what that is it is you will book in through my booking system you can do that at my website which is emotional autoimmunity.com you can use the button on my facebook page emotional Autoimmunity. If you're following me on Instagram, there is a booking link in my Instagram bio. And all that's going to happen is that we're going to meet up online. We're going to talk about what your challenges are. There is no pressure. It is not a sales call. Tell me what your challenges are. If I believe I can help you, I will tell you which of my programs that I recommend will give you the best results, exactly how I work, what the costs are in Australian dollars. At the end of the session, I will wish you the best. I do not want or expect any commitment from anybody. I only want to work with people who absolutely know they want to work with me. All right. I'm not out here soliciting. (laughs) Um, As I said, I'm not a salesperson. I am a therapist with a very specific skill set. It's very skills-based. And my expertise is helping people to overcome the complex emotions of chronic illness give you the skills you need to build your resiliency, build you the skills that you need to to deal with the relationships and and the issues that are happening and setting boundaries and dealing with the grief and the loss. That's what I do. And at the end of the discovery session, I'll email you all of the information, everything that I've told you, and then that's it. I'm done. I don't do any follow-up. And so if you decide you want to work with me, then great, you respond to the email if you don't you can just delete it right but contrary to what lay people and doctors who generally have no absolutely zero training in um, psychology or emotional issues you're not causing this right you didn't subconsciously create your disease it is not psychosomatic it is not in your head right? Your emotions are not creating the disease. However, stress affects the physical body and if you want to change, right? Because this is a change in your life. Chronic illness changes everything, absolutely everything. You are literally not the same person that you were before. That deserves to be recognized. That deserves to be supported. It is a big transition. There are a lot of ongoing challenges that you, like me, are facing on a daily basis and will be doing for the rest of your life. But it doesn't mean that you can't feel better. It doesn't mean that you can't reverse many of your symptoms. It doesn't mean that you still can't have a good and satisfying and happy life and find your purpose again. And I can tell you that for truth because that's exactly what I've done. So I hope to do these podcasts a little bit more regularly, but I'm not going to promise anything because I am currently living at a much lower level of function and energy than I was before. But um, I'm starting to feel like I want to do these things and um, that's what I'm going to do. So I will be back with you when I record Episode two of season three of the Emotional Autoimmunity podcast. I hope this has been helpful for you and bye for now.